There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning in again to this Wednesday edition of the podcast. This is Daily Doctrine Devotional. I'm Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For those of you new to the podcast, we've been mostly studying the Messianic Psalms. That's the Psalms of Messiah, those Psalms which speak of that one which is to come, which is Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, and it's the prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. And so we've been looking at that extensively. Now, just a little bit of an update for some of you. I'm not a big numbers person. I'm not concerned with numbers, but it's nice to know that people are listening, and uh, we're close to 4,000 downloads. And so we're looking at 4,000 downloads sometime this week, Lord willing, possibly early next week. And then we're also over 100 podcasts now. And so we thank the Lord for that. When we took on this endeavor, a lot of people came to me. Well, I won't say a lot, but several people came to me and said, you know, we do a podcast or we have a podcast. And I find out that it's usually uh, two people or maybe they interview or maybe they do one every two weeks. Or they do one every week. And I found it to be a little bit daunting to accomplish every single weekday uh, during the week. Now, I plan on doing it on holidays as well. And so it's been a little bit more of a challenge than what I thought it would be. And so, Lord willing, we get busy later this summer. We're going to have the King James Bible Conference all uh, taken care of and all uploaded. We should have three weeks uh, during the month of August that we'll be doing the King James Bible Conference. Now, the reason for the month of August is we'll be in family camp in Altman, Pennsylvania, where I will not have any time uh, to do podcasts. And then we leave Altman, Pennsylvania. We come home for just two days, and we head to the great state of Maine. There, I don't have good internet reception on the coast. And when we move inland uh, to Liberty, Maine, uh, it's there that we'll be quite busy with preaching and, and uh, catching up with folks in Maine. So I don't know if we'll get any podcasts done. So we're looking forward to the King James Bible Conference. Just a bit of an announcement. Now, Lord willing, next Sunday, and that is in a week and a half, we'll be at the Grace Bible Baptist Church of Shingle House, Pennsylvania. This will be our first meeting back on the road. Pastor Phil Seeley has invited us to come. We'll be there all week long. And if you're interested in coming to the meetings, please let us know. We'd be glad to have you attend. That's the Grace Bible Baptist Church in Shingle House, Pennsylvania. Also, another big event that weekend on Saturday, my nephew Ricky is getting married. He's going to be getting married to a young lady in Black Creek, New York. And we're going to have a Black Creek wedding. So as soon as we're done the wedding, we're going to head back to Shingle House, and uh, begin the meeting on Sunday. And so just let folks know about that meeting. And most of all, would you be in prayer for that meeting for us? Now, I've talked way too long about those things, but I needed to get some announcements made. I probably should have done this tomorrow when I have a little bit shorter uh, list of information I'd like to convey through the podcast, but we did it today anyway. And in verse 5 of Psalm 27, a Psalm of David, we left off in verse 5. And so I look at verse 5 in Psalm 27. He says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. 
And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy, I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. And so we saw as the psalmist writing here concerning Jesus Christ. And by the way, Lord willing, tomorrow we're going to look at a psalm and we're going to look at it objectively. I want to look at it actually from the other side of the spectrum is what makes it a psalm of David or what does not make it a psalm of David. I'd like for us to learn to discern those things. And let me just say this. I don't have a corner on this market. I have a corner on Psalm 27 because verse 2, verse 4 are great verses concerning Jesus Christ. But I don't have a corner on this market. And so I'd like to teach each of us through the podcast to learn to discern, to look at those Psalms. And even just if there's just even a hint, this could be Jesus Christ. Let me see if this is Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Ghost bears witness with the word of God. And the record of God stands true. And then we say, you know what? This is a Psalm of Messiah. I believe this is Jesus Christ. Or there's times I'll say, I believe this could be Jesus Christ. But in this, he's definitely dealing still messianically. He's dealing with that Christ, which is to come. He talks about the pavilion. Psalm 31 and verse 20 give us an idea of what that pavilion is when he says, Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. And so we see that the pavilion is a place of hiding. It's a place of shelter. It's a place that God has established. And the psalmist, again, talks about his pavilion. In Jeremiah 43, probably the best definition we see of a pavilion in the word of God. And I know what most of us Americans think a pavilion is. And it's a place at the park where you go to have a picnic, and there's a roof, and there's picnic tables, and you enjoy a meal. Well, Isaiah 43, 10 says, saying to them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will send to take Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and will set his throne upon these stones that I have hid, and he shall spread his royal pavilion over them. You know, so we're not too far off. The king is going to be using that pavilion for his profit for his benefit. So we're not too far off in the usage of the word that we use. But then 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse 12 give a little bit better definition of pavilion. And he says, and it came to pass when Ben-Hadad heard the message as he was drinking, he and the kings in the pavilions, that he said unto his servants, set yourselves in array. And they set themselves in array against the city. So again, we see that secret place, that place where Men go, that place where men go, can I say this, to relax, this place, it's it's out of the storm, it's out of the heat, it's out of the sun, certainly in those days that was necessary, but then secondly, he said, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. Now, we know the tabernacle of God, and we understand the tabernacle of God, the tabernacle of the wilderness, that dwelling place of God with man, with Israel, as they travel, but Psalm 15 tells us a little bit about the tabernacle. Let me just read several verses here to you. In Psalm 15, 1, it says, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? So there we see the location of the tabernacle of God and the holy hill of God. Isaiah chapter 4 probably gives us the best biblical definition of the tabernacle in verse 6 when he simply says this, And there should be a tabernacle for a shadow in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge, and for a covert from storm and from rain. So again, the tabernacle is closed in. The tabernacle is shut. I believe the pavilion is open-sided. I believe just like we see it. I believe it's a little bit different. That's why there's two different words used, very similar words, yet not the same. 
But it's a place of covert. It's a place of shelter, a place of cover, if you will. It's a place uh, that has shelter from the heat, shelter from the storm. It's in the holy hill of the Lord. We know that. But then Psalm 43, the psalmist told us on this wise concerning the tabernacle. In verse 3, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Psalm 46, verse 4, he says, There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. So again, we see when Jesus Christ comes back to Zion, and he reigns and he rules in Zion, there'll be tabernacles in the city of God. It'll be the dwelling place of God. It'll be the covert from the storm, be the shelter from the heat. It's a resting place, if you will, with God. Psalm 61 and verse 4, he said, I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Psalm 76 and verse 2, and I'm reading this quickly to get through here to give us some understanding. He said, in Salem also is his tabernacle and his dwelling place in Zion. Psalm 84 and verse 1, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. He said, my soul longeth Yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. So let me just paint this picture. In the courts of the Lord, there are tabernacles. In the courts of the Lord, there are pavilions. I believe one, personally, this is just Tim McVeigh theology. You can bear with me on this. One is mobile. One would be more like we saw in the wilderness, a thing that can be moved. It's a shelter. It's a safety. It surrounds you. It protects you. It gives you protection from the heat, gives you protection from the storms. The other is a place of rest. It's a place of mirth. It's a place of joy. We see that in the Word of God, but it's more open. And so it's it's more open-sided. We see that. Now, the Lord of God, Word of God tells us, as the saints of God, that this tabernacle, this body that we dwell in, will no longer be one day. Why is our body called a tabernacle? Because in it, in the Holy Ghost, we're sheltered, we're secured, we're safe. The storms can't tear us down. The storms can't destroy us. It's a protection place, but it's also a place of resting. In this life, you can have rest in Christ. You can have peace in Christ. In this life, you don't have to wait for the next. It can be in this world. In this world, you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In verse 6, he says, now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. This is Psalm 27. Therefore, will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. So as we've gone through these Psalms of Messiah and we've looked at Christ, 
we've seen continually as he cries unto the Lord that he's not forsaken, that he's not turned his face from him. He calls upon the name of the Lord. He cries out to God, and he's crying to him that he would not leave him, not turn his back, not turn his face, not hide his ear, but he would incline his ear unto his cry, and that he would return to him again. Now, this is, of course, when he's been made an offering for sin. I don't think this is a push to continue in a messianic psalm here. I don't think it stopped in verse 5 and verse 6. I believe it's a continuation. And again, when you we look at next psalm, we're going to look at how sometimes it kind of wanes and it waxes and it goes back and forth. And you see, I've seen in Job especially, he'll prophesy of Christ and he'll return to his own calamity. And God made it so. But the key is that we see Christ in the midst of his calamity, that we see his looking for the resurrection in the midst of his calamity. And by the way, most of the prophecies, most of the Psalms, most of Messianic Psalms are looking to the resurrection. The saints of old, they were all looking for the resurrection. They were looking for that city to come. They were all looking to be resurrected. They were not looking for death and the grave to be final. They were looking to eternity, and they were longing for that resurrection of the body. And that's continual throughout the Old Testament. It goes into the New Testament. In verse 10, he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And so we see at Calvary, as he's forsaken, he asks the Lord to leave him in a plain path. And that's Psalm 25, verse 1, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Again, a psalm of David, a psalm concerning Jesus Christ. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. And so in verse 11 of Psalm 27, it said, lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Why? He's the God of our salvation. Teach me thy ways, O Lord. Show me thy plain path, O Lord. In thy tabernacles I'll sing. In thy tabernacles there is joy. And can I say that can also apply to the saints of God? There's no doubt because there is joy in the presence of Almighty God. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Now, again, we see this as messianic, and it kind of waxes, it wanes, and you go, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But then we get to verse 13, and we spoke of this often in Messianic Psalms. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, again, that's the resurrection, the land of the living, the light of the living. He said that he would see the land of the living one more time. He would see the light of the living one more time. And we see that echoed throughout the Psalms. We see that in Christ, we see that he that was dead is alive forevermore, has the keys of death and of hell. He said to behold this, by the way, behold this, I am alive forevermore. 
And so he was resurrected bodily. Jesus Christ was resurrected from the grave. And so the psalmist here is speaking that I had fainted. Why? Because his enemies have surrounded him about. There's cruelty at the cross. There's abuse at the cross. They've nailed him to the cross. They've beaten him. They've scoffed at him. They've mocked at him. Even those familiar to him have forsaken him at the cross of Calvary. And he said, I had fainted unless I had believed. I believe, therefore, have I spoken, is what the psalmist said. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. Why did he believe? He said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. And he said here, I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so we see in verse 14, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. What did Isaiah echo concerning Jesus Christ? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so again, Isaiah is echoing the sentiments of the psalmist, probably quoting the psalmist there, but he's doing it under the direction of God, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, and he's speaking of that one which is to come, which is Jesus Christ. We, in hindsight, look back and we can see it with clarity. We can see it absolutely crystal clear. Why? Because Jesus Christ has come. Jesus Christ has given us the surety of a better testament. And now when we read of Christ in the new, we can look back to the old by faith and see that this is Jesus Christ. We can see that this is the Messiah. We can see who David is prophesying about in this psalm. Join us again tomorrow as we look at Psalm 28. And we look again at both sides, the object, objective look at the Messianic Psalms. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Child has come home.